Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. The Times-Picayune and the city of New Orleans. Once again in a storm, it's more than just a newspaper. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Wake up to the day's top business headlines. Subscribe to the Marketplace Morning Report podcast. It's on iTunes and Marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace podcast for Wednesday, the 29th of August. Good to have you with us. And listen, if you want to know what's going on down in New Orleans up to the minute, you could go to CNN, I guess, but you can only watch so many reporters standing in a hurricane before it gets stale, I'd say. Or you can do what I'm doing here in the studio right now. Pull up the website of the New Orleans Times-Picayune. NOLA.com is the address. And see not just what reporters are telling you, 500,000 people out of power or the governor talking about intentionally breaching some levees, but you can also see what residents of New Orleans are experiencing. NOLA.com has become kind of a public repository for up-to-the-minute information about the storm. Tweets and pictures, all kinds of stuff. James O'Byrne is the director of content NOLA.com. Mr. O'Byrne, good to have you with us. Good to be here. It's kind of interesting that in the middle of the chaos that must be New Orleans today, people actually have the time to pick out their phone or take out their iPad or whatever it is and, and take a picture and have the presence of mind to send it along. Well, one of the things that happened in Katrina is that everybody, we became one of the most smartphone um, uh, intensive cities in America because a lot of people didn't even replace their landlines after the storm. Mm. So everyone we saw uh, last night, um, the uh, the highest activity on the site was actually after 9 o'clock when we saw a huge burst in social media activity. That's when the weather got really bad, and that's when the power started going out. So that's when people were participating in these conversations, and we saw that activity continue all through the night with very little let-up, actually. Uh, there's a little, little, little bit of lag between 3 and 5 a.m., but after that, everybody back at it. Hmm. Uh, on your Twitter feed through the paper and, and what you're seeing there, what are you seeing people uh, looking for? Are they looking for assistance? Are they looking for food? Are they looking for uh, moral support, I guess, maybe? Huh? I think they're, they're partly they're looking for information and partly they're intensely interested in sharing information. The social media space, the instinct is to share. Here's what's happening to me or here's what's happening in my neighborhood. And because smartphones have become so powerful, we see video, we see photographs. And we see texts and tweets that just tell us in real time, as conditions change, what's going on around the city. What happens, though, Mr. O'Byrne, if the power's out in New Orleans for, I don't know, three, four, five days? I mean, that could be, right? Could be, yes. As soon as the weather is is, is uh, calm enough to actually deliver papers, we will print uh, wherever we need to print and disseminate those papers to our readers. And and what does it do then to the social media part of this equation, right, to the, to the online part of the equation? Well, it's an interesting question. I think, though, what happened is people got really resilient after Katrina, and um, most people have power inverters for their cars so they can charge their cell phones. And as long as they have their cell phones, and as long as they have a way to charge those cell phones, as long as they have gasoline, then um, we'll, we'll figure out a way to, uh, to communicate with each other through social media. Yeah. This paper, um, actually not the paper, right? The, the organization that is the Times-Picayune was... Uh, if you ask people who were there, uh, sort of the lifeline. It was kind of the soul of New Orleans uh, in Katrina. Do you do you feel the same way about that this time? I certainly do. I mean, the, the I think it's it's important to remember that in the most critical hours, probably in the city's history, we didn't have a printed paper. But what we did have was great journalists doing great journalism. And I think that uh, I think you don't need newsprint to do great journalism. And in times of 
hurricanes and crisis like this where power is limited, transportation is difficult, the digital space is even more vital and has become the way that people find out information. And I think going into the future, that will not change. Yeah. James O'Byrne, he runs the website for the Times Picky down in New Orleans. It's NOLA.com if you want to check it out. Mr. O'Byrne, thanks so much for your time. Uh, it's my pleasure, Kai. The levees have held so far, and for what they cost, they should. The Army Corps of Engineers rebuilt the New Orleans levees after Katrina to the tune of about $14 billion. So as you're watching all the rain and wind down there today, one does wonder whether New Orleans, or any city for that matter, is, and bear with me here, worth it. Marketplace's Eve Tro reports. Okay, that's beyond a loaded question. When the levees got built after Hurricane Betsy in 1965, the federal, state, and local government pretty much signed a contract to protect New Orleans. That contract had not been fulfilled for decades when Katrina hit.